You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right. Uh, you know what? I need a better intro of just saying, like, if this red light is to be believed, we are live. I need something else. What that is, I have no idea. We'll figure it out in season four. Um, <laughs> 90, we'll get to 90 episodes and I'll figure something out. Don't worry about that, folks. But hi, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Low Key on the Wheel of Terrors Network. Uh, my name is Harry, a.k.a. The Moving Target. Here bring you a nice, exciting episode um, you know, I was going to say the title of the show, but I've never said it in the other seven episodes were the ones or the other episodes prior. So screw it. I'm not going to do it this time around. So this time I bring the crew around and we're going to talk about some little fun stuff. I'm going to, of course, bring about, uh, some of the amazing diverse things in my three, my, my three or three. I'm bringing a talk up about Gundam, uh, 0083 Stardust memory. Um, I brought but I'll bring, let's, let's introduce the crew so they can talk back. So, you know, because they're being polite. They're showing this good, very good podcast etiquette while not talking until introduced. I really do appreciate it. So, well, but since you don't know, I don't fly solo. I bring Reinhold. Reinhold, say hi, everybody. We've got Reinhold, and he's going to bring about, what is this, some Aaron dude? Some Aaron dude. You're going to talk about <laughs> a Gundam? Is that, I, what is, I've never heard of that before. What is a Gundam? Gundam. It's anyway, like, yeah. so just just understand, this is the beta version of the podcast, right? So once we get to the full release version, right? This, <laughs> this is the, Are we gonna the early access you're getting right now? So yeah, the 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 opening is going to be a little rough. We'll get that ironed out with the optimization too. We will get the optimization in. Mm-hmm. We'll get the uh, the we'll we'll get an actual plot. Are we one of these se- days into gonna, into the into the podcast? We seven days to die this thing. Should I just put the yep. beta logo on it? The early release, <laughs> just early access, baby. Just let it go. Really, access going on ten years. Instead of episodes, we just have like those are versions of beta. Just counting up <laughs> till official release of the podcast. These are all beta episodes. Official release of their podcast, mm-hmm. and we're done. Bye, bye. <laughs> the official release. We'll do one really good episode. We're completely done. High end. <laughs> It's been completed. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, we've also got uh, Vincent with us. Uh, uh, you see, he is apparently uh, fresh off his suspension, um, off the big show. Uh, he was suspended for one week. The big show. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. You were shadow banned from the big show for a what week. What's that? Um, I don't know. Dear leader was angry. At, at, you know, at you for some reason. They're, uh, I guess he listened to the episode and realized that uh, you you know you called him out. <laughs> he suspended you for a week. <laughs> so fresh office suspension, Vincent Cooper. That's fair. <laughs> right, I was just like, we could be suspended. <laughs> I didn't know it was an option. We were all suspended. We were all suspended this last week, weren't we? I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Like. Um, um, I'm like perfectly honest. It's like, uh, honestly, like, uh, 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 you know, I'm screwing up your intro. Go ahead, talk, 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 please. Talk. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, no, I'm here, uh, as always, finally yes. forcing them to talk media once more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's not Paul. You can let media. him talk. Yeah, exactly. I, I get to talk. I'm not, you don't interrupt me as much as we do, you know, Paul. 
I should uh, uh, probably like create contracts for you for the next year, so you can so, like you know right. so you can have things in writing which you need from me each episode, you know. But yeah, but I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out when we get to the, you know the next beta release. <laughs> but what I wanted to talk about is like uh, so like I really do feel and really. Sh- took to me because like i know that we're supposed to record this saturday right and then mm-hmm. i mentioned it and reinhold looked at me like i had three freaking heads and then i'm also talking about the people and they're just going to the um libertarian sc meeting i'm like did spangle mess this up because i've got it planned on my calendar and i'm supposed same. to go there to record say same, same okay all right you and i both got that thing <laughs> but, that? but did you discuss on? that with him, in the hour and a half before the podcast time, when he was trying to get the equipment together, was that discussed then? Because it wasn't discussed after I got there. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this was discussed, discussed a while ago. This was discussed in November, right? Yeah, oh. you, you told me these dates in November to, to request off from work because I don't, yeah. I have to work at least one Saturday a month. Right. So if he's not there, then honestly, if it's just going to be Vincent and I and Ryan Hold, if you've got to go to your meetings, I'm just going to screw around the DB boxes. And if we get this sucker working, okay. <laughs> we'll I mean, I'd, I'd like to be there and I might be there. It's just a, I had an issue with a migration for work this weekend that may bleed into next weekend. So I don't know if I'll be able to, but I think I might. So I want I you to know it will be accessible. I want you to know, like, uh, I was trying to talk my uh, director into. Uh, be uh let me be lazy because like uh, like i said we have to set up the ad system and i told him like you know it would be easier if we just like i can keep doing my job and we can go get x company and we'll set everything else up to considering you've got buy like 10 windows pro licenses <laughs> we can just well it's really go over here that's the whole point of our of, of what i do is that i come mm-hmm. in and get things up and running Mm-hmm. And then I'll let you guys maintain it going forward. You right. don't have to learn how to implement mm-hmm. it. You just learn how mm-hmm. to manage it. Yep. And consider it. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Escalgias for the bits. Old biddies. Um, like, yeah, because we also got some Windows servers, right? That are also not in domain. They're not really clustered together. I use Windows, what is it called? Uh, administrative Center. What is it called? That one admin center thing to adjust to, to manage them. Yeah. But like I'm the only one that uses it. Everyone else just goes into each individual window server like a loser. <laughs> like, like, how do you do that so fast? I just I go into this one server here and uh <laughs> the server controls everything on the other one. I am and I set up all the DCP and DNS. I don't have to touch every single one. Yeah. I press like, the button and then the button does the thing. It's like, are you guys going to each of these servers? RDP and each yep. server. It's okay, one of them. At least they're not going into the server room anymore, like they used to have to do, right? We used to have to go into server rooms, bring up the console, KV switch over to the right server, and then do stuff in that loud, loud, loud server room. Yeah, God just said he's here to disrupt. Well, speaking of that server room, I've got uh, last weekend. I did bring over the Blade servers over to the Streamhouse. Uh, so that is our dual FX2 um, uh, 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 Power Edge blade servers. So we got four. That's four blades in each blade chassis. So that's eight total blades. So we got parity between the two with the Nexus so servers. S- so we got 10. We gigab- can save video to it, right? So mm-hmm. we have backup. So we don't have to worry about stream yard storage and losing it. And mm-hmm. It 
mapping and everything else. Yep. And what also like uh, because like remember so like I said we're running the things behind the scenes like owncast and everything else out and the all the other different apps that he have been experimenting in the background so we can finally break away from it from a lot of the tech things we'll just run things on our own because eventually I will tell you that the low key um our low key episodes we eventually will will start here on YouTube and Twitch but we will eventually will fade away and we'll stop and we'll go over to our own site and you have to go over there to finish it out you know <laughs> not because you know well, those those servers too could be you could save the data to the, for the video files and then you could have an editor remote in and edit the files right okay. there Rich. and you can do so. you can use more clips without having to worry about mm-hmm. copyright and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff yep we could pop up clips we could do what we want we control can do reactions things. yes yeah yeah. yeah, we can control all of it. It's our servers. It's our hardware. It's our in, it's our bandwidth. We control all these different things, you know. So like, it's, just, um, it's funny to watch you guys so be so paranoid about reactions when that's basically the main function of YouTube right now. Our reaction channels. That's what's getting mm-hmm. the most heat. Yeah, reaction <laughs> channels. Well, like, um, depending on like if you can, like tick off somebody, like so, like they are. Right, you know, like there's well, there's certain there's certain companies that you can't react to their stuff. They correct. Crazy, so they actually but get up. They actually find out who they are. They get upset, and there's so many different people that like. But the thing is, like uh, when it comes to certain locations, like you've got the right type of politics, and they'll mm-hmm. leave you alone. If you have the wrong type of politics, they will not leave you alone. See, here's the here's the other thing, uh, especially for this series. Uh, Harry's talking about Gundam, and Hasbro is very, very copyright happy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There are very few clips on YouTube that isn't mm-hmm. licensed by Hasbro. <laughs> yeah. um, Initial D, I could probably get away with playing whole music videos, songs with it, especially Dave Rogers. Dave Rogers would probably let me play the whole song, especially because he's on the process. He's the idea of everyone who listens to this thing, even if it's a meme, will buy my audio. <laughs> uh, correction, it is <coughs> Namco Bandai, not Hasbro. Yeah, my brain yeah. said the wrong one. It's fine. It's fine. They'll both suit. <laughs> oh, absolutely, for sure. A lot of times what they'll do is they'll just claim copyright on it so mm-hmm. that any monetization that happens, they get. No, I'm not going to get any of that. You say that. <laughs> but there's definitely a lot of things that are just gone. Oh, no, there are some There are some places. Yeah, some people who just haven't yeah. figured out how new media works and the best advertising for their product. Mm-hmm. Would be to have people reacting to clips from stuff. Uh, how yeah. do you know? But Gundam doesn't care about that. They yeah. they make money off of the the models, mm-hmm. not the shows. Yeah, right. That's yeah. the point, though. I, if you show all these clips <laughs> of the of the show and people go, "Oh, that's really cool. I'm gonna go get the model." Probably, probably. Why would you do that? That makes the most well, sense to me. You're getting well, it in right. front of your of people's eyes. Well, right. I, I I will try to get one reaction. Especially when we get to the studio, right? And all of us are there. It'd be easier easier for us to have like a pause button on the TV, be able to see it, react with the headset, and be able to go with it. And it's easier for us to talk over it and make sure it's very transformative and we control how it's also outputted on the screen. Right, that- I was just like, oh, I want it now. <laughs> no, it's, it's the driving in hour and Monday <laughs> He's like, we don't want to do that. Though. <laughs> right. I know, I didn't. I'm sorry. Nobody picked the location, but this is what it is. We'll, we'll just find a day and we'll go there and then we'll we'll do like a bunch of test episodes. So we'd spend like six hours reacting to things and that yeah, could be like 20 episodes, you know. 
See, there you go. Taking a whole season of the whole season of Wednesday or something. Good old like Reinhold comes in a Friday, does four hours, comes back on Saturday, (laughs) does two hours. (laughs) Yeah, I yes, I want to be respectful of time. I do realize for you, it's an hour drive for me. It's like 15, 20 minutes. And uh, Vincent, yeah, five. (laughs) Vincent, Vincent, his cars. Did your car get warm? Like, does it blow up warm air by the time you get here? Or are you still blowing? It starts to. It starts to. Oh man, it's warm now. Gets out of here. (laughs) I do have to say though, with the with the new car, Mm -hmm. it's not as bad. I got nice warm seats. Nice. I got a nice entertainment system, so I can actually listen to podcasts and other things in there. Really nice without having to. Jerry rig it through this tape deck thing that reads and yeah, it's just all the other things know. that you have now to that I'm now that I'm dragged into the 21st century on car technology. Oh, I got, I got an aux cable in my. <laughs> the only thing that really irritates me here's the really the thing that really irritates me before we get into this stuff. <laughs> Brand new car, new Toyota. It's got this mm-hmm. nice inter- system in there. You can do um, you can do Android Play, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but not wireless. It's got to be plugged in to do Android Play. Like, come mm-hmm. you can't do wireless Android Play. Yeah, the people are doing it. <laughs> so Why does it have like, wireless Android? Play? Yeah, it's got to be plugged in to get the Android. No, I can use it as a Bluetooth. I can connect up to it as Bluetooth wirelessly fine. And I can play from the phone mm-hmm. through the system. But I can't control it through the weird. Weird. So I had to plug it in. But the good thing is when I to plug it in, it charges so I don't have to worry about uncharging and all this. We'll see. Good. That's good. That's Just good. I wish I had a nice little place to put it that's makes sense, you know. Does it have a wireless charging bay so you can put it in a wireless charger? Um, no, no, I don't think so. All right, so clearly your car's meant for Apple users, so that's your problem. You bought, an, you bought an I don't Apple know if it's version. got wireless Apple. <laughs> <laughs> you bought the Apple version, yeah. Of you your bought car. the Apple version of your car. He's <laughs> gonna, gonna go, home. he's gonna check his book. Like, is this I should have got the midnight version, version right? <laughs> Boom, the Apple car, like, no. So I got this, yeah, you can do Alexa with your with your thing. I'm like, oh, cool. There's a Toyota plus Alexa system. Great, because I've got Alexa at home. Oh, yeah, but that requires this hooked up to here. And, oh, it's not working for you right now. So I'm just like, whatever. Nope, I, don't I don't know if I want Alexa in my car. I already have, like, Google in my car. Like, because that's the Android stuff on my yeah. phone. So it's already there. Yeah, but, you know. Do I really want Alexa in my car? <laughs> you want Siri in your car? No. Nope. No. Hey, no. Alexa, give me another string of curse words to say that person that cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me wonder now that I'll just, maybe I should just get Alexa commands on a, um, it, of course, we have just destroyed, like anyone who doesn't have their Alexa properly, you know, configured to their voice. We're just destroying it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. So if, you, if you're rocking Alexa with your uh, default settings, that's your own fault. <laughs> I have, we're doing this through headphones, so my Alexa can't hear it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Ryan Hull's rocking default settings, everybody. If you're at Ryan Hull's house, just tell Alexa to start doing it. <laughs> I have it tuned to my voice. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm not you know, crazy. 
I know. He's just like, but there's, only, there's nobody in the house but me and Heather, so it's not like yeah. it matters. Yeah. Alexa, download episode, all episodes of We're Libertarians. All right. So, <laughs> you know, so. should have said low key wall. I don't know why you went with We're Libertarians. I'd fill up the hard drive faster. Um, no. <laughs> the. But I was like, now I just want to like get like Alexa commands on like a speaker and just drive up to people and just play it at their cars. <laughs> <laughs> just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Alexa, turn off the engine. I know. Got him. Got himself. Got him. Got him. Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> oh man. Uh hopefully Iskiji will uh, clip that. That's funny. <laughs> Come on, Iskiji. I should I should wait a minute. What's a there's a new there's a new thing going out. I'm trying to remember what it is. All right. Well we... you you talk while I'm doing this. No, I want to try to go into the content because we're over 15. Go minutes. into the content. That's fine. <laughs> I know we're just having fun talking. We are. We are. We are. Um, all right. So I'm going to go first. Do you get my stuff out of the way? Because I'm laughing and giggling and I can go fast. <laughs> because most of the, I will bet some of the guys who goes to the same stream as me, but it goes to the same thing. But this one is actually different. So, my, um, the media that shaped me is Gundam Stardust Memory um, 0083. So this is one I watched um, at the time when I was trying to get into the older Gundam stuff. So I was just looking for Gundam content. Is it one of the better... Uh, is is it a good older version of it? No. <laughs> I will say, like, there's some things that don't hold up. But the one thing that, like, I look upon it fondly, and I couldn't remember why I looked back at it so fondly up until I started doing the review of this thing and looking up and getting online and watching episodes and then I noticed other people's reviews and that started to mess with me because I finally figured out and I couldn't fit because it was the tip of my tongue like why did I like this show and um, I wish you could see like on my TV in the background because you perfectly shows it is people were talking about the parallels of Gundam 0083 to Top Gun. I fucking love Top Gun. <laughs> I'll admit it. I love Top Gun. I don't care. I don't care. Yes. I'm, yes, I'm glad yes. by the way, I'm glad you're very riveted, Christy. We appreciate it. Well it was riveting until we got into the actual content. Now she's probably gonna... <laughs> how dare you. How dare you. Anyway, so like and I just couldn't get over the comparison. <laughs> to Top Gun. Danger zone. All right, and it, it kind of like this. Yeah, because I love Top Gun. Love Top Gun. You know, even though like a uh, huge anarchist, and I can understand that there's tons of propaganda in Top Gun, and it did influence a lot of my decisions and why I like certain things, and got me into planes for a little bit. I get it, freaking get it, okay? <laughs> and it probably led right to my thing of loving um, uh, Max, okay? Right. Oh, thanks. Was it Doomcat? Was it Trumcat? Tr- 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 Sorry. Trumcat, thanks for the follow. Thanks for the follow. I appreciate you. Yeah. Let's take a moment here and diverge into the side area of Archer because we said Danger Zone, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> later, later. We will do, we'll do Archer later. We'll do Archer later. 
But Gundam Stardust Memory, which it starts off, is uh, you, you, you please pick apart the Top Gun pieces as you see it as it goes. Away. So you've got this uh, eight, uh, like an ace pilot that's in there, and he's hooked up next to another, like he's like the top, the elite ace. And then you've got the rookie like sensation who, he is becoming like mm-hmm. better in himself as a test pilot. And um, what's going on is that they're out there testing these two Gundams. Uh, and the uh, the ace, right, uh, goes in and steals um, steals one of the Gundams. So the point of these Gundams that they're stealing is because the Earth Federation. So this is after the war. This is three years after the war. Um, it's peacetime, and one of the rules of war at the time is that you're allowed to have nuclear power in warships, but you're not allowed to put nuclear weapons warheads on mobile suits. It's against the rules. No one does that. Because no one wants this. This can get really bad. It can escalate very quickly. Earth Federation not only broke that rule once, they broke it twice and built two of them. Welcome, Zigri. Yeah, welcome, Zigri. So they built two of them, and when the Aces was was secretly a uh, not a uh, not a Earth Federation pilot, but he was a secret Zeon pilot, and steals one of the nuclear powered. Uh, nuclear power and nuclear warhead, the nuclear warhead, Gundam, and left with it, and left the rookie pilot to go battle it. So it's like the battle of the bigs going after the, um, and the whole plot of this whole thing is the Zeon is taking the which uh, I want to separate some of the new thing what I got from it, but like it's separating the aspect of um, what is it the. They were going ahead. Uh, what the, the plan was? Zeon was to kidnap and take this nuclear weapon, and they had a plan to one in with the last remnants of Zeon. So it's got like that kind of like that old World War uh, feel of the uh, it, yes, Earth having making nuclear weapons is exactly yeah. something Earth would do. Oh You're yeah, yeah. Exactly so, right. yeah, several times. Yeah, yeah. So they, what they would do is also one embarrass the Earth Federation by stealing their prototype Gundam. To showcase into the world that they're violating rules they all signed up for. They're already violating more of the rules. We're three years after the war and they're already violating everything. And then they're also going to use the um, uh, the nuclear warheads to crash a cra- uh, crash a colony into North America to basically cripple the food supplies making the earth dependent on the farms in outer space to tip the the balance of power in the space noids hands so like winning a war but not winning you know mm-hmm. like because the war is over zeon is they basically they, they were giving like a basically just a, at the end of the armistice they were just basically given a small little colony told to stay here stay on the dang way we won't march in there and take you down but like they are discredited they are mean they are get they are get mean spirited they get treated like crap so this is more of like their revenge for me so we're still before char's counterattack when more zeon more zeon troop like neo zeon gets built um because like this like this thing doesn't get set like the whole zeon earth federation all the stuff that doesn't get settled for i think like 10 more years <laughs> Uh, if you want to know more about the char stuff, we did we did another episode. Go back and watch the episode where Harry talked about mobile suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and through, so like uh, and through this, you've got them piling like the rookie getting better, even battling the ace, and eventually just end up taking him down. 
basically Top Gun. The the thing that I got from it was, like I said, like it, like it, it took me like later in life to realize the parallels to Top Gun. But the one I when I, when I remembered back on the series, it was the fact that it was this idea of just because like this whole like three the, like the the Zeon troops are always like three moves ahead of the Earth Federation and there was while Earth they always had they made sure they didn't reveal all their plans and they kept making their Federation react to a plan that they show in front of them. We should they had an end goal. But but they never just this was their end goal to usually do it because it would easily stop them. So they would only like let things out, play cards, and always kept the Earth Federation on defensive. Um basically plot armor is the reason they <laughs> Plot armor, Greek plot armor. You can't destroy North America. <laughs> can't, let <you> do that. <laughs> can't let you do that. This is also in period because they also they, they've destroyed Australia uh, in the series. Don't forget, like what is it, Double O Seventy Nine? They destroyed Australia. So <laughs> you know we can't keep destroy. And um, I think they also like crushed like some part of um, in Asia too. The whole plot of things coming down the sky and raining down on you—it's terrible. It seemed like a perfect time to live, but like the UC century sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, there's out you go to outer space and do all this, but like, dude, you were probably going to die <laughs> <laughs> in a gruesome fashion, <laughs> terrible ways. Yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah. so so why did you put it on the list? Uh, like I said, the main reason is because it's that whole um, never revealing your full plan. Um, and then keep people um, defensive to your plan for the exact same time. So they can't react it. Uh, so they're always reacting, not anticipating your moves. And always make sure um, that you just keep thinking ahead. Keep several steps ahead of people. And mm. keep, your, keep your goal in mind and keep moving forward. That's, that's what I got from this thing as a kid watching this thing. Because this thing came out in 1980 uh, in Japan. I think it released in United States... 84, 95, but I didn't get to it until 2002, I want to say. Yeah. yeah but so. just kind of that, I, that idea of never show your full hand and mm-hmm. always keep thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Keep people reacting to your plan. Now, your close circle, you can tell them, so let them know. Don't play a, a Admiral Holdol and keep, <laughs> don't tell your closest advisors. <laughs> nothing so they think you don't have a plan or you're just winging it or not knowing what's going on you know don't do that um yeah so (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair reinhold any thoughts (laughs) you moved closer to the microphone i thought you were gonna say something i was trying to look to see if i was muted and i was Mm -hmm. because i was trying to be respectful, but I mean, it just you know, it sounds like a, a fun time. I don't know, you know, what else to say about it other than nuclear war for everybody. Oh, right, here you go, <laughs> Top Gun, but nuclear war edition. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but what if the MIGs had nukes? <laughs> Danger zone. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Brandon, I really think you would enjoy some of the, you know, Gundam series, especially the darker ones. Probably not the poppier, newer ones. You probably would hate those. Probably too happy for you. Like trying to play Fallout Four with the uh, anime mod. 
Just yeah, too much for me. <laughs> yeah, too much for you. Yeah, yeah. You seem like more Thunderbolt, where the guy's like screaming for his life, and and they already cut his mobile suit arms off, and he's sitting there trying to fight him off with nubs, and the guy just takes a beam oh, saber man. slowly into the camera and it just beams him, screaming, like, and he's Pacific, screaming. Pacific Rim would be a good. That's a good mech movie, isn't it? Gundam mech. If you watch Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim just for the mechs, it is good. I will give you that. Just for the mechs. But if you go and there for, for for one person's uh acting. There's a there's a guy on the on the show who acts uh he's one of the scientist guys. Mm-hmm. He was in um What's his name? Yes, they did Uwu. Ah, I can't remember the name. You know who I'm talking about though. I can guarantee you, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Doctor Who spinoff. Torchwood? With Captain Jack. Torchwood. So the guy who was in Torchwood, Torchwood, one of the guys who was in Torchwood, was in Pacific Rim as one of these Doctor guys. And he was who? so completely off what he was playing in that other character. He was really crazy. In uh, He's the one that like took the, the gaiju stuff and was trying to learn how to talk to gaiju and stuff like that. The little crazy guy. He was in Torchwood. Oh. Hmm. Same so, guy. Which I'm so Harry, would you like to answer uh, TR Doomcat's question there? All right. So, what gun would you suggest for someone who hasn't watched any mech before? Ooh, man, that's a tough one because it's more of like based on your style. If you're fine with the some of the death and destruction and hardship. Um, I think jumping into Universal Century um, will be, it's a lot of undertaking. So I rec- I recommend, le- don't jump into that one unless you're ready to find what you're, because there's a timeline of events and you, there is a watch order, which could get complicated, could turn off a lot of new people, especially if you're like, I've got to watch all of this. But there are also some self-contained stories. So I recommend if you do like that, 00, um, 008, mobile suit team eighth mobile suit team really good self-contained in the uc century you don't have to understand anything else is going on other than there's a war going on and you can watch it going um, and that's really nice self-contained thing nice animation looks great the animation holds up um some of the newer stuff um i recommend staying away from gundam wing <laughs> it is, a lot of people like it but they walk watch it with nostalgia even I watch it with nostalgia. I love it, but it's like colored glasses. Yeah, yeah those rose colored glasses of nostalgia. Um, Golden Double O has its moments. It's not as, good. Uh, but Iron Blood Orphans. Um, if you're fun with child soldiers and child soldiers dying, Iron <laughs> Blood Orphans is a good look. Good walk if, the for you. If you want something that's a little lighter, it, it appears that the current series currently running, The Witch of Mercury, seems to be a lot lighter than some of the other more dark and horrible that, series. That that seems like a, a. I think they're. I I don't know. I'm. I feel like that that is like that is they're trying to get to people you. in early. They're building you up to drop. <laughs> oh, you. I know, I know, and I'm so someone's waiting gonna a, for that. Someone's going to lose a body part. It's gonna be terrible. I just, I just, I can feel it. Like someone's gonna lose an important body part, and it's just gonna be awful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, but Gundam Unicorn is also good. That has some more backstory stuff to it. Uh, So I would stay away from Gundam Unicorn unless you're ready to read. Um, Just (laughs) (laughs) yeah, the UC too. Yeah, um, (laughs) 
UC Century, I will say, like, be careful with going in there because it is it is their self-contained world. <laughs> the other ones have their all they're all self-contained little small little stories. So you're fine with that. Stay away from G Gundam. Don't do that. Unless you like Street Fighter, unless you like those Street Fighter from the '90s TV show, you like the Street Fighter anime, and, and okay with up. okay with things that were definitely ooh, ooh, problematic, problematic then, but are problem, way way worse problematic. now. Little racist in it, Just a little <laughs> little racist, little, little little racist in G Gundam. Uh, just a little, uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, so to answer your question, I recommend eight double O eight eighth mobile suit team. Good standalone, good animation, great dark. Like it's not grim dark. It's you know, it's a it just kind of showcases you like this is what you're getting to when you're watching Gundam. It's about war <laughs> and the hardships of it. So that's what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, ooh, ooh, what's this? Notice your okay. All right, all right, Zeke, watch. Uh, Oh man, who knew? Who knew? You know, Hans, I feel like all my body parts are important. <laughs> uh, someone's gonna lose an important body part. Well, when it comes to <laughs> Gundam, all right, the military brass will tell you that uh, some of the body parts are not important, <laughs> <laughs> especially an Iron Blood Orphan. <laughs> God, just, oh, yeah. oh man, just uh, so like uh, in Gundam Wing, like uh. Guy was testing out the top speed of his bubble suit, cracks his ribs and dies. <laughs> mm. So yeah, that's that's Gundam. Oh yeah, they're so racist. Japan being racist. Who would have ever seen this coming? Yeah, me either. You know, it's such a polite, you know, culture. Yeah, and that's, and that's it's not thing. like it's they not like anytime they draw a character of oh in that's any darker skin tone, they always spend extra elaborate time drawing mm-hmm. the lips so you know yeah. they're not they're not Japanese. Yeah, I know. And to them they're like, that's not racist. We're being respectful of their culture. <laughs> what? Respectful you of the race, not the culture. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, yeah. I was just like, okay, all right, all right. All right, Japan. <laughs> I think his reading back and and had Missed the whole joke of the Ubu comments. No, no, no. We got the Ubu comments. Okay. <laughs> All right, Zikri. We understand the Ubu. Okay. All right. All right. All right right which on. which uh, you have guessed that is Donovan's tattoo. Ubu. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> rude. Not happening. Anyway. Uh all right. Who wants to go next? It's obviously Reinhold is we we book in Reinhold with the weep shit. Not all the time, but yeah. I mean, it happens every single time. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, so, I guess what I was ta- wanting to talk about this week mm-hmm. is um, Aaron Benjamin Sorkin. Um, a lot of you know Aaron Sorkin from things like West Wing and uh, a few other movies, maybe here and there, maybe a TV show or two. But I think once you. S- hear kind of the breadth of what he's done and, and how much most of it is really good. You'll see why it's uh, something I might want to bring up. Right. So the main thing about Aaron Sorkin that I like, um, and I got into very early on is his dialogue writing. Right. So I, I've written um, fiction for, since I was probably in my 
13, 12, 13, 14 years old, I've been writing fiction. And uh, I used to be pretty good at it at the time. I got published and stuff here in the local school newspapers and stuff like that. But um, never went that direction because I started trying to go to work and I just focused on my time and then I didn't have time for that, right? But one thing I noticed in writing is that the hardest thing I think a writer has to do is write believable and engaging dialogue. And there are two people currently that I think do the best job of that in modern filmmaking or TV or whatever. And that would be Aaron Sorkin and Quentin Tarantino. Hmm. Now the movies that Quentin Tarantino makes are not going to be compared to the movies that Aaron Sorkin makes because they're, whole different genres but they both do a great job of creating believable and engaging dialogue um so i mean aaron sorkin one of the first things you might remember he did a play called a few good men which got turned into a movie right and mm -hmm. that movie had some of the some great dialogue in it and the ending scene with you can't handle the truth you know that that yeah. build up to that Mm -hmm. iconic right so that was his like basically first movie oh wow right? and and then he did like his feet oh okay, okay. Uh, it's the Quentin Tino. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Quentin. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that uh, right. just talking about. Since I interrupted you, I mean, we'll say this: <laughs> you interrupt yourself. Actually, you stunned yourself. Um, oh, I probably did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That can't handle the truth scene. Oh man, that's such a good build-up. Tom Cruise scene. That's such a good uh, double double Tom Cruise night. Okay, can we get a triple? And, and it's funny. No, absolutely like, not. <laughs> It's like he's he's using he you know in the dialogue he uses the guy's own hubris against him his own mm -hmm. against him right his ego yeah. and you could see that be happening to maybe some other people who are full of themselves that are getting caught up in their own words and not shutting up when they should shut up. Mm -hmm. um, so that was good. Then then he did a couple movies. You know, he talking about Chris Bangle, right? Sure, <laughs> dear laid off. Uh, then he did a movie called American President, which is very successful. People liked that movie. Um, he went from there to making a TV show called Sports Night, which is where I really fell in love with this guy. Is because you see, you see a good movie and you know all the people who worked on it and the actors involved and all that stuff. That's really good. But this TV show was consistent week after week after week of just good, engaging storylines, great dialogue, great twists in and on itself, uh, it felt real, right? Um, unfortunately, it didn't last as long as I would like to have seen it last. It lasted like two and a half years, three years. Um, but while that was going on, he was also working on a new TV show based off of The American President, which would end up being called West Wing. <laughs> so he's going from, you know, A Few Good Men to American President to Sports Night, which was critically acclaimed, to West Wing, which ran for a long time. Now, he didn't, I think he left after five seasons or something like that to kind of let it kind of go on its way. Mm -hmm. But he still, I mean, he he dushed that thing in and that was, he was the basis of that. And he went from there to another show called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which may be one of my favorite TV shows ever. Um, It only lasted one season 
but it was a behind the scenes of basically what a Saturday Night Live show would be like. It was Friday. It was a Friday Night Live on the West Coast instead of a Saturday Night Live on the East Coast type thing. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people working on that who had been writers. Hmm. Just so, so like in West Wing, he got people um, involved in the show early on who were actually in the White House working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's some famous people. I don't remember the name, but there was a uh, like one of the um, one one of the top people who was working in the Clinton White House was uh, working with him on you know this is how things work inside of a in that space. He did the same thing with Studio 60. He got real people who worked on those shows in there to show what it was really like. Mm. The problem was with this show is that it debuted the same year as 30 Rock. Mm. (laughs) And people like 30 Rock because 30 Rock was nothing like actually how it is, but it was funnier. You know, the Studio 60 was much more of a dramatic look with a little bit of humor in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it had a uh, uh, Matthew Perry who just come off Friends. It had uh, Bradley Whitford who had just come off West Wing. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. those two guys playing off each other was really good. Yeah, um, it was a really it was a really well done show, but it wasn't what people were wanting at that time, and they couldn't. I don't think they could watch two different shows about late night, so the you know the numbers weren't there. So that's I mean, why I mean, I failed. But, I mean, one of them had werewolf bar mitzvah and the other one didn't. So, I mean, <laughs> one just kind of part of it. One. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring up like, hey, this kind of sounds like what's uh, 30 Rock. And, and <laughs> yeah. around the same time, 30 Rock came. It was out, the exact like, same Ooh. season. They were, they were basically again running against each other. Wow. And it just kind of yeah. went. And that stays because Matthew Perry is actually pretty funny, which, like, oh, if you go back so and so good. watch some of like, the show. friends behind the scenes stuff, you mm-hmm. find out like Matthew Perry was like helping writing stuff. <laughs> Like the writers yeah, should go like go ask Matthew he'll figure something out. I would recommend because like it was uh, twenty two episodes, mm-hmm. uh, Studio sixty. I wanted to see so much more of it, but they did kind of end the series that, in a way that was satisfying. So it wasn't like left on a cliffhanger that you didn't get any inform- any more on. Mm-hmm. But it's it was oh. really well. I, I recommend watching it. It's just so good. Um, and he oh, went from I, there. He did Charlie I, Wilson's War, which is you know. Were you say something about Studio 60 or DL Hughley in it with Matthew Perry? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 it's good. oh it's so good. He, oh, dude, this, DL Hughley is this. so good in that movie. DL Hughley is great in it. The there's uh the girl who plays the main female lead in that was in uh American Gothic way back when, which is one of my early favorite shows. Um Sean Cassidy put that together. And she played uh, the girl who said you know, there's somebody at the door. That was the big thing through all of that. So she's in there. I mean, there's a lot of great people in this show. Um, mm-hmm. So I do recommend it for, because most people probably missed it. Watch the season. You'll get it. It's hilarious. Um, then he goes to Charlie Wilson's War. Another great movie. People loved mm-hmm. it. The Social Network. Mm-hmm. Again, great dialogue. Great movie. Yep. Not necessarily the most accurate yeah doomcat <laughs> brought that up there. immediately yeah yeah so, so social networks are great yep mm-hmm. um and then moneyball right after that <laughs> right moneyball such a good movie jonah hill you know and, and um brad pitt i mean it's that's a that's a really fun movie to watch too another another one with great dialogue and stuff like that in it then he moved back to tv and did the newsroom 
which I don't know if anybody's seen the clips, but there's a clip out there on YouTube that's been going around the reaction channels a lot. And it's basically the opening scene to the, the series. Mm-hmm. And it's titled Why America Isn't the Greatest Country Anymore. <laughs> and it basically starts off with um, this person who's you know, getting pressured to say why America's the greatest country. And he just finally flips and says it's not and he gives all these reasons why you know we're third in this we're 25th in this we're 20 you know mm-hmm. we we lead in categories and only three things you know mm-hmm. uh what was it war how much we spend on war mm-hmm. um the number of people who believe ghosts are real and something or something else it was really bad <laughs> i can't remember what it was it was it was but heart it, disease that, heart disease but but what he heart does disease. is he turns it then and says well we used to be and we could be again Mm-hmm. And he gives reasons why, like we didn't scare so easy. We did things. We didn't do things mm-hmm. for glory. We did things because it was the right thing to do. You know that. Yeah. So there was. It's a great speech, just mm-hmm. amazing speech, and it sucks you in so f- right then and there. And the three seasons of that show mm-hmm. are very well done. The writing, the dialogues, again, the storylines. The you get to feel like it, it kind of ruins you a little bit. Because mm-hmm. when you watch the West Wing, when you watch the newsroom, mm-hmm. you see an idolized version of those two institutions, right? The media mm-hmm. and the White House mm-hmm. and politics. And you think, why can't we be like that? <laughs> you know, why do we have to be so less than mm-hmm. what he's presenting in this, right? Uh, so that's that's one of the bad bad parts that you get kind of it, uh, torn from that. Yeah. It's <clears> so well written deep, that yeah. you believe that it could be real. Yeah. Personally, it's I, I will say true. that you know it's it's America just really doesn't have any competition to be better. We have, we have no nobody pushing it. it. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. Everyone keep every other country goes in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> so he, I want to get through. Uh, so he I'm goes sorry. from newsroom, and immediately makes the Steve Jobs movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves right. Uh, then a movie called Molly's Game, which I didn't see. I don't know much about, unfortunately. But then, you know, five years after the Steve Jobs movie, he comes back and does The Trial of Chicago 7, which I don't know if you've seen or not, but that is awesome. That's like, uh, I don't know if you know who the trial, the Chicago 7 were, but they were the the instigators of the 1968 riots in Chicago with Daly at the D at the democratic national convention and the, Nixon wanted to put them on trial and put them in jail for organizing this protest. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's very, it's very good because it's Thomas Hayden and it's, it's all the leaders that got together and they all, none of, they didn't like each other. They didn't agree with each other, but they were all like kind of joined together to, to uh, protest the war basically. So there's a lot of infighting going on. There's a lot of good stuff that happened there. And just the whole story is a, a very incredible one. And he does a really good job of sticking with kind of what happened for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I recommend that one. And then he did Being the Ricardos, which just came out like a year ago. I don't know if you know who that's uh, with. Um, who was that? Nicole Kidman and Harvey Bardem playing Lucy and Ricky Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually very good. Um, it kind of takes a look at them from a single week that happened in their lives where there was a lot of confrontation and uh, accusations of being communists and stuff like that and how it affected the show. And it kind of does a lot of looking back and looking into what happened and 
all those people. So that was that was good. So he's been steadily doing just pumping out good works after good works after good works. And and really it just elevates everything else you see. You start to see the the lazier dialogue. You see the the flaws and how a lot of other people are doing that when you when you do study and, and get involved in what Aaron Sarkin and Tarantino are doing with dialogue. So it's the dialogue that really put that put him on the map. It's, for it's you partially, yeah. It's partially dialogue. It's partially the intelligence and wit of of the of the dialogue and this and the situations and the story that's being told. Also, that that plays into it as well. Whereas Tarantino, I think, is for me more um, like Aaron Sorkin's more about the intelligence and high mind of the story and how to make it the most interesting. Where Tarantino goes much more for um, situational, um, ev- a very emotive invoking. Like a great example would be uh, *Glorious Bastards*, the opening scene with Hans Lenda or whatever his—I can't remember his name—but that character talking to the French farmer about hiding the Jew. I mean, that scene is so mm-hmm. filled with tension, and being able to do that is incredible but it's kind of a different way of taking dialogue and making it work for his type of movie as opposed to aaron sargon who uses it to elevate the story in a way that makes it like makes you think about it like oh okay well i i can see both sides i can get that point you know that mm-hmm. when, when there's arguments in, in aaron sargon's work between two people it's usually a case where you can see both sides you could agree with both of them and you get their points. It's it's not so one-sided in that discussion where it's like, oh, this person's obviously wrong and this person's obviously right, which happens a lot uh, in other writing. But it, he does a really good job of of making it seem believable that these both people think that they're right and they're having the discussion. So. Great. Harry, thoughts? Um. I would have to say, like with this, like so, like I, I've been around this guy's writing, so like, uh, which I don't know his name, and I do appreciate a lot of his writing, and a lot of the scenes I probably I, I have absor- absorbed, and I think I will go back and probably watch Studio Sixty. I, most of these is like I either see, I've not watched Being the Ricardos. I've been wanting to watch that. That one is on my radar. That one's in my backlog. But uh, yeah, so, yeah, so it was very good. I watched it. I just happened to catch it one night when it came out. I was flipping through the channels. I was like, "Oh, I got, it. I got Amazon. Let's watch this," you know. And it was actually very good. I thought it was very good. It's not, you know, there was another Lucy and Desi documentary. It came out about the same time, so mm-hmm. that was probably much more accurate to what happened. Yeah, uh, Alan Sorkin likes to take uh, some liberties to elevate the story a little bit, but yeah. that's what you do, you know. <laughs> He's not doing documentaries. All I can hope is that at some point, if my writing stuff goes goes well. I, I get this kind of reaction for somebody. It's like, oh, this dialogue is so perfect. This is what I, this is what I want. So that's yeah. other that. And that's, and that's, to do that, really studying, study Tarantino, study Aaron Sorkin. Those two guys are the top of the game, in my opinion. Fair enough. I guess that means they're going into my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Flow right in. So. So I am going to talk about Bloomin' to You. Uh, I'm going to discuss this in a, in a way of just a general synopsis and why it's on the list. And then afterwards, I'm going to talk about going to 
spoilers for the narrative because there's I, I really want to go into why it it hooked me to this point where I wanted to keep reading it and knowing. So Blooming to You is a slice of life anime, um, which is, you know, it's basically a place turning people's normal life. And it's a romance and comedy drama um, about this this girl named you who doesn't feel love and this girl toko who finds out that she doesn't feel love and falls in love with her because she can't love and her whole premise is that i want us to be together as long as you don't love me not a broken person syndrome or trying to fix something it's more a case of i only will love you if you don't love love me me. exactly and that part of the narrative is very much shows the theme of it which is personal identity because it's the the entire narrative is focused around these two characters fully understanding who they are uh because you doesn't really wants to know what love is and how that is and wants to experience it but can't feel it and when there's a she actually meets a character named Miki who is a pure arrow ace male character who wants nothing to do with romance at all his whole he literally goes on a spiel about for him romance is like watching people on a stage and it, and if somebody wants to invite me from the audience on the stage that just doesn't make sense. I don't want to be on the stage. So he has, she has like a bonding moment with Miki. And when she leaves, he goes, she's not like me. She wants that. I don't. And it builds kind of this, this narrative about personal stakes and figuring out who you are as a person, because Toko as a character is like the, stereotypical perfect kid in school like highest grades the student council president everybody wants to be them popular and the only time she actually shows her real personality is with you because she feels like she doesn't have to put up the facade because she feels like she has nothing at stake um so the theme of identity is so massively linked to this narrative that i'm gonna get i'm basically gonna do a full dive into toko after i say why it's this is on my list because i got so invested in these characters so i originally watched the anime of this and early on in the anime they introduce a plot line in which toko as she takes over the student council wants to do a play for the council that several years ago it was going to happen then it got canceled for a reason for some reason and she wants to bring it back and the narrative is building towards this play. And in the anime, you get to the penultimate episode where like they're changing the play on the fly and everything is moving in a very intense direction that the, the main overarching plot is going to hit this, this peak. And then the final episode of the season happens and it's, it doesn't get to the play. And I'm watching the anime, and it ends without it hitting the play. So I'm staring at the screen like, what is happening? So I look up, and it only has one season. It doesn't have a second season. It's not even announced yet. So I look up the manga, 
And it turns out the manga's done and it just wasn't finished yet. So I said, screw it. I'm going to read the manga. And I read the manga and I enjoyed this series so much because of of how the play resolves and how everything goes goes through. But you see, instead of reading the manga, and I was on this site and it had all this other manga here, and I went from not reading manga at all to within two years uh, having a spreadsheet that has over 200 completed slash up-to-date manga and another 100 that I've read at least some of. Because it's this series, the way it pulled me in, kind of allowed me to re reawaken that joy of reading and going through and enjoying like art and and the narrative in a written form in compares compared to like anime and sitting down and watching anime because it becomes a much more of a personal experience being able to sit down and read it at my own pace and understand it and absorb it in my own way. But this series, because of this cliffhanger in the anime, led to my free time being eaten by manga for two years. <laughs> okay. So that's why it's on the list because I had to put it on the list because it, it warped my free time. <laughs> you can use it as the reason why you haven't got any writing done, right? No, I don't know. I actually finished the book during this time. Yeah. Okay. I wrote a whole book in the, in the middle of all this. Mm-hmm. So that did get done. <laughs> And honestly, reading the manga and stuff and reading more things in written form probably massively helped me get through to just continue writing because I'm, I was reading the written word more and more instead of just listening and watching. So mm-hmm. it made me want to write more and it kind of flowed together. So that's why it's on the list. I think it's a great series. Uh, it has a lot of personal stakes into it. So I'm going to go into spoilers now. Yeah, for anybody who cares about that. Spoilers. So Egg. I'm going to go into depth about Toko as a character. Because it's important to really show how intense this personal identity concept is. So Toko as a character, she's this perfect character with obviously that has that has a much meeker side in in, in private. Mm-hmm. But you come to find out the reason she acts, she's this perfect kid, is because when she was younger, uh, her and her her mom asked her and her sister for somebody to go get something from the store. And they played rock, paper, scissors, and she won, so her sister went. And her sister got hit by a car and died. Before the student council play. Hence why the play got stopped. And because her sister, who she saw as this perfect person, this perfect girl is gone and all of her family are are constantly weeping and missing her and saying that, oh, you could probably be just like her. She decides that she's going to be that ideal version of her sister. And she wants to become her sister. And there is a moment in which you is talking to Toko and she's like, look, you don't have to be your sister. People like you for who you are now. You don't have to worry about that. And Toko stops what she's doing and turns around and looks at you and goes, 
I'd rather kill myself than not do this. Because the because when when I was me, nobody cared. When I was who I was before, nobody cared about that person. I need to be my sister because that's what everybody cares about. <laughs> and she makes you make three promises to her, which is to never fall in love with her, to always be by her side, and to never fall in love with anybody else. Because she needs that support there because you's the only person that she feels pays attention to her and she's allowed to be herself. And the play, which is this driving narrative force, ends up being written by one of you's friends who just kind of took the took a general idea concept. Mm-hmm. And the play is that a girl wakes up in a hospital and a nurse explains that she got hit by a car and has amnesia. And during the play, three people from the girl's life shows up. Her classmate, her brother, and her lover. Mm. And they all have different perspectives on who this girl was. And at the end of the play, she wants to figure out who the real version of her is. So she picked the one that her brother saw with Mm -hmm. her being cold to her family. Should it be the perfect person that the classmates saw going to be the vulnerable person that the lover saw who she should who should she be and the original ending was that she picked the lover but you decided that she hated that ending and changed it because the only person that knew the person in the play from Mm -hmm. beginning to end as is is the nurse the nurse had no idea who she was before because she had no preconceived notions of who she was before she came in. And that her picking a personality kind of makes the play pointless. Because you don't you lose the person you've built into. <laughs> and to really nail it home, I have this quote here from one of the chapters. Um, after Toko forces you to make the promise not to fall in love with her. And this this is how it goes. Uh, Love is a violent word. Phrases like, I love that about you, or if you do that, I would fall out of love with you. The word love is like a shackle, because you never loved. I thought you were the nicest person in the world. You turned out to be as sweet as she looked. She accepted me for me. She didn't judge me. She didn't. She just stayed by my side. After experiencing this wonderful feeling, I will never be able to go back. This word, this is a word that shackles. Please, you, don't fall in love with me. Because she felt that everybody in her life expects her to be one way. Because that's how they use the word love. They want her to be like her sister. They want her to be this person. Yeah. And if she falls in love with her, it's just she'll another, be just like everybody else. She'll be just like everyone else, adding something else to me. That's not me. Exactly. Oof. <laughs> so this this whole concept of identity mm-hmm. and understanding who you really are, because this whole thing, her whole commitment to being her sister 
gets completely shaken when she meets somebody who is in the student council with her sister. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, Doomcat. Doomcat said, thank you for the spoiler, yeah, man. I will say <laughs> thanks for the spoiler warning, man. I have oh, yeah, dude, you on my so... planning list, and it was so helpful to not need to unmute every minute and hear spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. She meets a member of the student council that her sister was involved in. Is it, is, is it, is it safe to take the spoiler banner down? Or are you still doing it? No, I'm still spoiling real quick. And then what then the heck? Oh, that's right. The the guy in the the club. She asks him what her sister was like, and he goes, "Oh, she was lazy and pushed all the work on everybody else." And honestly, you're a much better student council president than she was. And Toko refuses to accept that. Because mm. for her, her sister was this perfect person that everybody mm-hmm. expected everything from. And it kind of, and again, it's the whole concept of identity and mm-hmm. understanding who you are as a person really kept me going. Because mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff, like the the play, the way they show it, and the fact that Toko plays the girl that wakes up from the accident and has to decide who she is in this moment. It's just enthralling. It's one of those Mm -hmm. moments of getting to watch a person come to terms with who they really are. Yeah. I I really do like the aspect when you said like, because picking a personality, something else that somebody was brought into it, you do lose like Everything yeah. the audience is built up. Like we right. built the personality here. We built something. Right. And then that was one of the things is that like the, the person yeah, who wrote who wrote the script was mm-hmm. she's like, I don't like the ending. I just don't know what it is. I just don't like the ending. The original ending, she just didn't like it mm-hmm. until you pointed out, like, hey, this is what it is. She's like, Oh my fucking god, you're absolutely right. <laughs> the the char- this isn't the care the same character anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's a completely different character now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So oh. yeah, I'm done spoiling, so you can take it off. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's booming to you. I thoroughly enjoy it, and I think that if you like those more, I, I think I've come to to realize that I like like the slice of life slash like romance genre a lot more because it's there's a lot more personal stakes and not as many the world's going to end stakes. Mm. It's much more emotional and psychological of how people interact with one another. And I think that some people like that. Some people hate that. But for me, I think I've come to really enjoy, you know, interpersonal conversations and dilemmas. And while the world is happening around you, it's important to have, still have the moments of making people, people. Any thoughts? I mean, it's a common, mm-hmm. I think, um, aspect of psychology. A lot of people are looking at where you never, um, you never know how people look at you. You, you are not. You're. How am I going to say this? The every person have a has a different view of who you are. Right. Everybody you've ever met. So the person you think you are 
nobody sees that person. Everybody exactly. sees their version of you. And that's something a lot of people have trouble grasping. So. What I think is neat is in your three by three that you have a, a anime that got you into reading uh, manga again. Mm-hmm. And uh, the anime that got you watching anime again. Yeah, that's true. I think that's very interesting and neat. Um, uh, you think you should watch more uh, happy slice of life anime? It's okay. Make sure you I mean, sprinkle those in somewhere. Well, your, or there, there are. There. I have plenty of happy ones in there too. Okay, just they're, they're just sure. not on this list. All right, I just want to make I'm, sure you you sprinkle them in there. You know? Do Do I need to pull up the spreadsheet? Do I need to pick something out for you? I'm just saying <laughs> that, like, uh, you uh, already look like Tim Burton's cousin. I don't need. You know, I just want. <laughs> I just. I just worried for you. <laughs> <laughs> just worry. Just worry. Okay. All right. Just wondering what's good. Just to make sure you're okay in there. Okay. All right. <laughs> It's all good. Worry about you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all I've got for me. (laughs) That's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. So I did want to come out of the spoilers with a joke, but it just didn't seem right. I was just going to come out as soon as the spoiler tag came off. Mm -hmm. Go. Mm -hmm. And then the Titanic sank. I mean, could you see that coming? (laughs) Oh, man. It was such a twist. So like, like that. <laughs> so if you ever do the low key reacts to the Titanic movie, I will start taking shots and party when the white people start dying when the boat goes <laughs> like, yeah! 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 Well, to go back to a just have uh, my whole family dude. in the other room and they all come in, yeah, the <laughs> Going going back to a, a character or one of the original three by threes that I brought up, mm-hmm. Gary Chapin has a song called "Dance Band on the Titanic," which. Mm is awesome mm-hmm. it's funny mm-hmm. and awesome yeah, yeah. like there's a there's a line in there where it says uh the chaplain was saying women and children and chaplains first so when the next time we do this i know like harry can introduce which one he's doing because it's obviously one of the two and i know which one i'm doing because of that so, Harry, which one are you, you doing for next time? Well, like I said, Initial D for me is going to be last because it's really important to me. And I think the plot in Initial D ends up being, makes it last. Uh, so I would need to put an end, a cap on the Universal Century. And I think the best way to put a cap on Universal Century is the episode, is the anime manga that put a cap on the Universal Century, at least the Hathaway, everything else, is Gundam Unicorn. Unicorn. Reinhold? Well, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. I can't look up my three by three right now. You have Charlie oh, Chaplin I, or um, Asimov. I remember Charlie. Asimov. You have, okay. you have Chaplin yeah. or Asimov. I think you should do uh, uh, Asimov last, but it's up to okay. you. No, I can do Asimov last. They're both pretty big. Asimov's. Asimov's probably the one that should be last because it probably had the greatest. It's the one that broke my brain the most and made me who mm. I am today. Is one story about Isaac Asimov. So I'll do him last and we'll do Charlie Chaplin next. So Chaplin and then I get to do uh, the definite, absolute 
garbage shit show that is Future Diary that is on mm-hmm. mine. Uh, it's gonna be such a great watch. Zikri in the chat, he'll know. He knows. He knows it's trash. Are you gonna, gonna force, force him to, to watch, watch it, it with it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm forcing him to watch it with me in a scalger. Oh, it's gonna be so bad. Oh, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna force ZQ to watch one of my three by three. ZQ, we're watching initial D. Come on. I mean, he probably would. <laughs> I'll just speed yeah. watch it. That was a lot of episodes. This is a lot of episodes. Uh, but yeah, no, mine is an absolute garbage fire of a narrative. We're not skipping so the voice. Good. I'm only saying watch, you know, 12 or 14 seasons of three different TV shows and then a few movies, right? So that's, only. you know. What, what, what mine is like, like not even 50 chapter manga. <laughs> well, you've got the um, battle state. You got initial D, uh, the first stage, which is like like 20-ish, like 12-ish, ish ep- <laughs> maybe-ish episodes. Yes, you um, did, Escalja. You did sign up for this. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> Forces we signed up for. That's the spirit of Skull G's. Um, I know I didn't feel like I was trying on that one. Anyways, no, uh, you, didn't. you weren't. Uh, second stage, you get a few episodes in that third stage, you get the movie, and then you get the battle stage, but you've got to watch the battle stages, okay? Right? And then you've got, then you go to the fourth stage, and then you've got the other battle stage movie, which is really neat because you can see my, Mako and Maya doing stuff, which is amazing because these two girls are just up there spanking dudes and, and Evo. Yeah, it's amazing. This this last one is that last one's going to be and then you get rough. <laughs> it's gonna be a rough, rough series. Then you've got the Chinese movie. Because <laughs> we got Harry's 18 seasons of initial D, the mind breaking of Asimov, and then the depression that is <laughs> it is July and April that's sitting there waiting menacingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's okay, I got I got my initial D. It's gonna be okay. And then I'm uh, <laughs> Gun of Unicorn. This one's gonna be neat. This uh because the plot of Gun of Unicorn, it's uh just shows you more of the sins of war of the Earth Federation. So if you think the nuclear weapons were bad, oh no. No, 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 no. They're Earth Federation are which I you know, I will get into this one is when you find out like the Earth Federation, like they're not the good guys. <laughs> They're better than Zeon, no. <laughs> but they are not the good ones. I, I, I see, I see you, Doomcat. I, I, I get it. Uh, when we get to that episode, <laughs> when I'm gonna talk, when I talk about the series, is gonna be sad. Yeah. The reason I'm talking about the series is gonna be sad. It's just gonna be all sad, and we're gonna end that last series off with sadness incarnate. I know. I know. Merry Christmas for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? like, well, it's probably gonna come out after Christmas because I mean. I mean, Christmas is what in two weeks. Yeah, and when they have like one episode of the podcast before then, so right. Yeah. So even if we now. even if we do watch the episodes, mm-hmm. if, if we do it the anime episode next week, it'll be the twenty sixth when we do the next one of these. Yeah, pretty much. Which yeah, promising day. Promising day. Promising nothing. Oh, I, I, that's fine. <laughs> Boxing Day 2023. Yeah. We'll All, right. All right, everybody. All right. Before this episode go, gets too long no, in the tooth. I, I got one thing. No. Alexa, play Goo Goo Bups. I couldn't hear you. Goo Goo Bups. 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 Goo Go
couldn't find the songs you requested. Uh, you know. <laughs> wow. Mm. wow. Wrong. Alexa failed. Alexa failed. No, 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 no. Yeah, there you go. Play Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, Alexa. <laughs> Goo Goo Mumps. What is wrong with you? No, Goo Goo Dolls. Max volume. <laughs> Every speaker in the house, max volume. Ruined it. I had it all set up wanna, and it don't ruined miss it. the thing, Max Volume. I know. He, he, we're probably going to get a copyright strike just on that little cord. <laughs> well, see, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're on TikTok at all, all, you, all I see nowadays is people doing the Wednesday dance, right? So it's oh, just God. video after video after video, and that song is just now stuck in my head so hard. <laughs> Everyone does. The da- I know, like, uh, like, uh, I, I didn't think there was many people watching that show up until like I started to get on the social media. Like, everyone is doing the dance. I was like, oh, oh you- everyone's. It did a did a turn because what happened was is that people started doing the dance to Lady Gaga song, mm-hmm. and then Lady Gaga got on and did the dance. So mm-hmm. she's got a version of her out there doing it now. So yeah, okay. yeah, that's fair. Sure. And then you know just, everything yeah. else that happened around it. And, you know. I was watching a no, video. No, right on. No, just real quick, one video. This uh, Reese Witherspoon is watching a scene from Wednesday, mm-hmm. and they're getting ready to show the uh, the horror movie that's going to make you know it's going to make her you know feel like a horror movie, and it starts playing the opening song, and Reese Witherspoon just went, and it turns around and it's Legally Blonde, <laughs> and she's just like starts laughing hysterically. Fun stuff. There's a lot of fun stuff going on out there. And Ryan Hall is spoiling more Wednesday. Flake said all hate mail to Ryan Hold at realtarians.com. If you haven't seen it yet, do reaction to it. Uh, Record your reaction to it. We'll put it up. Send all uh, hate mail. Edit it. Ryan Hold. So it's copyright. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Like I said, I'm going to end this episode. Forget too long of the tooth. You could have been listening to anything else in the world, but you decided to listen to this and download this and watch this episode, and I thank you. So do tune in again. We are live Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are predominantly a live show. We do appreciate you who listen to us as a podcast and, and listen to us on, you know, on the audio version. But we're a, video pod, uh, we're a video live show, and we just put it out in podcast form just to, so people can listen to it. So if you are listening to this, come in, tune at 9. Come say hi to us, you know. Messages, messages up, bring something else up, you know. And, and you know, well, we will usually react live. And trust me, we're not charging all these people like money to read their comments. We're not like those other people that oh, only a scourger, only a scourger, yeah, only a scourger. Yeah, yeah, but of course, we make it work for it. <sighs> anyways. That's uh, why you pay those bits be, up front. We charge them to be our friends, so. yeah. <laughs> he paid all those bits up front, you yeah, know. All right, so. <laughs> All right, so thank you, everybody, and uh, have a good one. See you guys next week. Bye, guys.